What's up, comic book fans? Pete here from Comic Books Transformed, where me and my very good friend over there, Brian, talk about movies that have been made from uh, comic books and streaming shows as well. I uh, am here extra early on a Texas morning to discuss something that is going to be referred to for years and years. And boy, is it such a big deal that we had to bring in Dr. Zayas G.O.D. down there, Danny Torquell from the Lasser cast, to talk What's about up, a movie guys? that I am sure is going to be on the Razzie's uh, list. It's going to be a movie that we're going to refer to maybe as like a, a noun or a verb. We're going to say, oh, man, they really Madam Webbed it. We're talking about <laughs> Madam Web 2024, right? So, guys, uh, Brian, at any point when you watch this movie, did you think – you know what? I'm kind of good making YouTube videos. I think we could maybe call it quits and not record anymore. Yeah, I uh, okay. So we, we made a joke about this. I have never seen the, uh, the the Joker movie, and we we were going on back and forth on Twitter about the the Joker sequel. And I said, I'm happy to skip this. And you're like, No, uh, you made me watch these movies. And I was like, Ah, oh, shit, you're right. And then I really thought hard about that 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 interaction while I was watching this movie. I'm like, Fuck, I actually feel bad. <laughs> Like, I feel like I pushed, like, like a bad drug on someone. <laughs> yeah, I. it's going to be hard to recover from this one, but I'm glad I get to talk to you guys about this today. Danny, when you were watching this in the theater, like, were you like, what the fuck do Brian and Pete see in this shit? I, I had actually uh, messaged both of you, like, a, a few days ago, I think, and asked you to give me like a concise description of what Madam Web was, and and Brian went on like a multi a multi paragraph thing, and I was I was just like I I am so sorry I asked I should have just gone into this movie ice cold. Uh, my, I my I think my biggest problem with this movie was that. I, I just kind of felt sorry for everyone involved. And like Brian said, I feel bad. Like I felt bad for the, the writers and the filmmaker and the actors. Like nobody seemed like they wanted to be there. And it felt like they were reading lines off of the pages as the pages were being handed to them. <laughs> uh, and at the, at the end of the day, I, I this, this is going to sound terrible, but I, I really only went because I thought it would be so bad it's good and that I would get like a kick out of it. And, and, and sadly it was just kind of bad. So I didn't even get the enjoyment factor of like a I'm laughing because this is so silly. I was just kind of like, Oh, Oh no. Like they're fighting on a Pepsi sign. Yeah. yeah, quite a bit of Pepsi product placement. <laughs> there was quite a bit of a lot of product placement. This yeah. was like the uh, Zack Snyder Superman Man of Steel of product placement. Yeah, or Transformers. Michael uh, Bay, man, product. that's where you go. Yeah, yeah, My, yeah. No, look, here's the thing, right? This movie is not one of those so bad it's good kind of movies like The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage, or like at least four of the movies starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, <laughs> this movie though has those moments. This movie absolutely has those moments. Um, I I was going to save this for very late in our discussion, but I kept laughing every time I saw that fucking cab in the movie. 
she steals a fucking cab like early in the movie, the first act. She crashes the cab into a diner. She takes that cab and leaves it at the airport so she can drive to Peruvia and go to the rainforest. Then she comes back from the airport and gets that same cab and goes back to the house. Yeah, go ahead, man. This is my favorite detail about the cab. At one point, they took the time for her to remove the license yep. plate as yep. if that would help. Yes. <laughs> yes. The same cab she drives through the <laughs> diner's wall and then parks like down the block in a hotel. And no one's like, hey, is that is that a stolen cab that doesn't have license plates that crash into a diner? Like, yeah. I mean, but there's a ton of things. Just those fucking spider people crawling down the trees in the beginning. I mean, here's the point. Here's what happens. Danny sends a message to our group chat. He says, that was like, the movie set in 2003, but it feels like a bad comic book movie from 2003. That's I, my I'll exact point. Yeah. Do you know what movie? Do you know what movie kept bouncing around in my head while I was watching that? Female, female-led uh, character, uh, superhero, really, really weird, bad like effects considering the time period. Uh, Electra. Yeah. Yeah. E- Electra kept that like, and it made me yearn like, and and you bring up like, not even so bad it's good, but like Ben Affleck's Daredevil has some scenes in it where you're watching and going oh my god this is so stupid they're fighting on a seesaw now and this movie didn't have any of those no it it didn't have any of those moments where like i i want to bring up the one part where i think it officially crossed the line for me where i was just like oh god and that was when you have these three It was girls. the first 30 seconds, right? Yeah, 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 no no joke. Yes. Madam, yeah. no. When when the three girls who like are being told for now the entire length of the movie that they have to be like they have to keep hidden. They decide to all get into the car with a pregnant lady and drive to a hospital to support a pregnant woman who they don't know. While there are two EMTs in the car with them, like why the fa- and like they're only discovered the entire climax of the movie only happens because they got in the car to accompany a pregnant woman to the hospital when they're trying not to be seen. Dude, you're saying that that's the point of no return for the movie. That's like I almost was, the end of the movie. I was because I like like I was saying I wasn't. I was just kind of there. Like I, I like I, I don't know the source material the way you guys do. So it probably wasn't an affront to me as a comic book fan. It was kind of just like I'm just sitting there going, I have Regal Unlimited. I didn't pay for this. This movie isn't great. I'm gonna have a good time talking about it with Brian and Pete. And then that happened and I went, Oh come on, that's like you're how do you, you're not you're trying not to be seen, but you're gonna go to a hospital? Like that makes no sense. Well, in their defense, in their defense, they're wearing their hoods like this, you know. So, oh, oh, who is that? You couldn't tell. Yeah, Pete, who is that stranger on the? Yes, Brian. Yeah, Brian. You said the first thirty seconds, and the thing is, man, you are running the money. Like as soon as someone starts talking in this movie, I was like, oh shit. They're right. I don't know if I can get through this. Like, there's exposition. Guys, you know from being on both my channels, I hate when people hit you over the head with exposition. They do that, like, to the 10th degree right away in this movie. Like, the woman's... 
Good. What's the ex the that that like hilarious line from the trailer? It's not that, in it. Yeah. That's so that line is the quintessential Pete exposition line that like it's, turned people off to this movie before they ever saw it. And then that line's not even the movie. And I think and and, and again, we're we're going to talk about Morbius later in a different video, but that was something about Morbius where it was like half of the trailer that we had to watch a hundred times because the movie kept getting delayed not ended up not being in the movie and i feel like you know whenever you are forced to watch a trailer a whole bunch of times and then you go to the movies and the the things in the trailer are not in the movie you know that the production on that movie was a fucking shit show yeah and so well the I fact mean... that I was going to say that I, I don't think that's a clear indicator. I think a lot of movies go through reshoots these days. I don't necessarily think it's a, a sign, but I mean, it, it is, seems to be more than a coincidence here with these two movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, so this movie, right? Like, I'm talking about horrible, horrible exposition. The mom is like in the rainforest and like right away she says something like, this is the spider that I'm looking for. I'm looking for it because it's going to cure degenerative disease. Or she says some kind of shit like that. You know, oh, this rainforest, there's these people that live here and they're weird and they climb. Like she's literally just explaining it. It's like explaining it to a little kid. Like imagine a little kid's watching a movie and they don't know what's going on. And there's an adult saying, well, there's this and there's this. That's the dialogue in the first five minutes of the movie. And it's, it's very predictable. Um, I know we're jumping around everywhere. And I do want to say positive stuff. I, I am almost like never, never critical of acting. Just because I know I could never do it myself. And I feel like it becomes very personal when you target a person's acting. But I'm sorry. Ezekiel, the guy that plays him in this movie, is horrible. Like Tahar Rahim. I hope that he's good in other movies. But this was like some horrible fucking acting. And not to mention, they turned Ezekiel into an extremely one-note, one-dimensional character. Like, yeah. what the fuck, man? And I mean, I know he's not like the, the, the this incredibly storied, beloved Spider-Man character, but he was at least mildly interesting in the comics, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they just turned him into this, like, he was afraid, he, he was having a vision of the, the the three young girls as in, in spider costumes coming to kill him in the future, no explanation why. No, it's just, no. He just had a vision, and he's like, "Oh, um, the solution here is I'm going to kill them." Like that, that like that's it. Yeah. That uh, so not only the acting, this just this might honestly be the worst villain I've seen in any superhero movie. Holy like, shit! It really might. It, it, it's the, the motivation is so bad, and, and you know. They... Uh, and again, this is me coming from that n doesn't really know the source material. I had no idea. They don't do any kind of a job explaining why he wants the spider at the beginning. Or he makes <laughs> he says he says one line about how hard he had it, as if to say like stealing a spider and shooting a pregnant woman is like justification. Uh then he is apparently like this multi-billionaire playboy who like goes to operas, picks up hot women, uh, has this midtown penthouse, is able to hire like a, a woman to basically do the Morgan Freeman Dark Knight sonar thing, uh, and uh, which they also copied in Morbius, and 
and and then yeah, like Brian said, he has these visions. They never explain why he's having those visions. The visions don't end up coming true. The girls never end up in the spider costumes. And it's like, and then he, he's gone and you're like, so wait, what was the entire purpose of this character? Like, yeah. And, and yeah, Tahar Rahim, I, I saw him over the summer in, I think he's in Napoleon and I didn't like the movie, the movie Napoleon, but yeah, I thought yeah. he was, he was fine. And he's been in some other things that are not terrible. This was, uh, yeah, he was not good. At, at one point, he's talking to his assistant that you just mentioned. And he says, with every minute, we get closer to these girls killing me. They're killing him in 10 years. And he's sitting there saying, with every minute, we get closer to my death. That, that girl that plays his assistant, that's David Mamet's daughter, Sasha, uh, whatever, Mamet. And she's Ezekiel's assistant. I remember just because my wife watched Girls. I, I bet Athena watched Girls too, right, Danny? Uh, I, actually, I don't think so. I do know she was it, like everybody on that cast was like a second generation, right? There was, was like, like Brian thing. Williams' daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, and and so poor David Mamet's daughter is now the woman in the chair for this horrible Spider-Man villain. Yeah, so I, I feel bad for her. I do feel bad for everyone involved, but uh, I mean, fucking Emma Roberts. Is Spider-Man's mother? Isn't that fucking great? Like Dan, Emma Roberts is like kind of a big hard name, right? I mean, she's like I Julia mean, Roberts' like niece or something too, right? Yeah, yeah. she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in Scream Four. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right, she, right. She's like one of the only good like ghost-faced reveals uh, since the original movie, uh, and she was also in the, uh, the the AMC show Scream Queens, which was really fun for a while. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis was that. so good in the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Emma Roberts has, like, again, like, everybody in this movie has good credentials. Like, I like Adam Scott. I don't think Adam Scott, like, I, I didn't hate the parts of this movie where it was, like, Dakota Johnson and Adam Scott, like, hanging out at, like, an awkward barbecue. Like, I didn't hate those parts of the movie, but, like, it, nothing served any purpose. It has like the loosest associations to Spider-Man, like, and like I, I think this is where Brian's like text thread was like trying to explain how this ties back to Spider-Man, and how like apparently in this universe that Peter, the fact that Peter gets bitten is like it's predetermined because of the connection to Madame Web and the spiders. Okay. Well, not to Madame Web, yeah, but I, I, honestly, like. There is a good movie in this story. Like it is, there is, but it did. They just, well, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, in the the source material, like the source material okay. is a good story, and I think they just barely, barely scratched the surface of anything related to the comic stories and the source material. And I think that's a huge detriment here. Is that they just made a movie, a, a not good movie that has some really, really tangential connections to Spider Man. And I, I was all looking forward to making a joke about like, oh, we have to stop these movies without these Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man, but it kind of Spider-Man is in it, sort of. <laughs> they don't say Peter. They don't say Peter. They there's you know, a part where they, at the baby shower where they try to guess his name, and right when you think she's gonna say Peter, they get interrupted because there's like a a fire at the explosives factory. You yeah. know, They're like oh shit, we gotta get to that explosives factory that's on fire. 
And the guy that is driving the ambulance or that's the head of the paramedics, who I'm sure navigates traffic on a daily basis, he gets into a car accident at the explosives factory. That's Mike Epps, which is like, I, I didn't even recognize Mike Epps. You know, he's from like Barbershop 2 and all that, those kind of movies and stuff, right? Um, he dies. He's in one of these sequences. I was thinking to myself, I was like, this movie's so bad that we have to actually rewatch scenes of how bad it is, like over and over again, you know, because so, of her power. Go ahead. I, I have to point out another detail about that accident that I found very hysterical. Go so ahead. after after the accident happens, you see her from kind of behind Dakota Johnson's shoulder, and then you see a big wide shot from the other, you know, from the, like a bird's eye view. That truck was speeding towards the river. Like there was about maybe 20 feet of, of ground in the direction that truck was going at that speed. You um, don't know it didn't need to get to the river. Yes. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. It's so fucking stupid. I, you know, okay. So so let's let's address the elephant in the room, right? We all watched the um fucking Chris Stuckman video yesterday, or at least most of it. Chris Stuckman does this really great job where he says he's not going to fault the people involved. He's going to fault the studio. It's the studio that made this monster. And I think he's right. And I, I personally don't like to rip into stuff on either of our channels because I know that like it's difficult. And especially from a writer's perspective, if you're the one that comes up with this thing and then they just mutate the fuck out of it to get to that final product. I mean, it sucks. It's like it's like your name's at attached to it, but it's not your thing. Now, this movie is directed by S.J. Clarkson. I I don't think I've seen much of her stuff, but this is her first feature. And then she's directed a whole bunch of TV episodes, too. So, um, I mean, she's directed an episode of Succession. Uh, Brian, she did episodes to Jessica Jones, The Defenders, uh, Bates Motel. You watched Bates Motel, right, Danny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dexter. You you quote Dexter a lot too, Danny. Yeah, so she's she's directed a lot of shows that that we've all watched, but uh, this is her first feature, and I, I think that she probably just feels fucking miserable. That this is her first feature, you know. I think it's weird, that it, like it. It's interesting that like, and this is part of what Stuckman made a point about where you get these movies where you hire these first time directors to do this huge budget comic book movie and it feels yeah. like the studio does it intentionally because it's like they're hiring somebody in name only that they could push around and right. like and, and and i'm thinking of like the early days now like the entire reason that comic book movies are profitable today yes sam raimi spider-man's yes the the first couple of x-men movies but if we just go to the mcu the mcu started with um, oh dear Lord, who directed Iron Man and is running John Favreau. Right John Favreau. John Favreau was already an accomplished director when he did Iron Man and Iron Man 2. And they were already starting to mess with him in Iron Man 2, which is why he left. Then they bring in friggin' Oscar-nominated Kenneth Branagh to do Thor. <laughs> then, right. And the, so there, the MCU started with like established directors and then even when we get into like the the next phases they're bringing in they didn't the mcu doesn't start like going to first timers for a while like they brought chloe Zhao in to do the eternals after she won a fucking oscar for nomadland and it was a completely different kind of mcu movie it wasn't to everybody's taste but it was a very different mcu movie 
it just feels like they're hiring like the dc movies started even with Zack snyder who was accomplished so and of course christopher nolan duh so yeah it's weird that they would bring in like tv directors to do these movies kind of knowing full well they're going to take the the reins from them and stuckman makes this great point where he says no writer is sitting in their writer's room writing a Madam Web script going, and then they get to the Pepsi Cola sign for the big climax. Because that is so obviously the studio going, no, 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 no. What if we took this climax and we made it into a huge cash grab opportunity? Yes. You know? And that, like, once you do that, like, I think this movie is credited to four or six writers. And it's like, at that point, you know, if the three of us tried to write a, a horror movie or a comic book movie together and the studio was like, okay, so I like your idea for a slasher, but what if the final battle happened in Walmart and you had that big Walmart sign behind it? We'd be like, um, all right, but like, yeah, I want to, I, I want to take your metaphor and I want to, I want to play with it a little bit more for a second. What if your final battle took place in Walmart? For this movie, that's as if you and I were writing like a folk horror movie, and then they said that. Like, that's how awkward this movie is, right? Now, you mentioned the screenplay. I, I've thrown this in our chat before. Matt Sazama and Ben, uh, I'm sorry, Burke Sharpless. These are the guys that wrote this movie. Now, if you look at their filmography, they've made Dracula Untold, The Last Witch Hunter with uh, Vin Diesel. Madam Web, which we're discussing, Morbius, which we're about to discuss, and Gods of Egypt, right? That's quite a track record. Now, the thing is, though, I think that all of these movies are ambitious. They're not like play-it-safe movies. And I'm, I'm guessing that maybe the original ideas that they have for each of these maybe even are good. It's just that they just get so twisted and contorted by the studio. What do you all think? Yeah, I think too with the, with the, the writers too. It's not as if there were six people writing this at one time. Most likely, it's probably there was one or two writing it together, and then they got passed on to somebody else who did a revision, and then somebody else passed it on to them, and another revision on top of that. So it just it feels disjointed because it is disjointed by its ideas of completely separate groups of people, and it's just you know I, I don't understand how that could work. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird because there's always that cliche in movies about making movies where there's like a producer that's like, I got a great idea. And usually like they snort some coke off a table or something. And then the idea is really bad. And Chris Stuckman in that video points out how like these creative people think that I mean, I'm sorry, these money people think they have ideas, but they really don't. And then they kind of force the writers and the directors to make that idea that's not that good. Yeah. And, and that's and what this feels like. Yeah, and these money people or people are at Sony, they're like, hey, we have all the rights to all these Spider-Man characters. What can we throw out that throw out there and hope we make some money like Venom did? Right, right. So are there any of these Sony Spider-Man movies, not including the Sam Raimi ones, right? And maybe not even including the Andrew Garfield ones that you guys like. Well, I mean, Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, oh that's like this weird fucking black sheep. And yeah, that even sounds racist. I just said that, but like you know, what I'm saying like black sheep. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit in with all the rest of them. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like one of these is not like the other, and it's just you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that was like uh, the the Spider Verse movies. I think belong in their own separate category. Yeah. Like there's there's parts 
of I feel like all of these movies are they're so similar. Like Venom ends in just two Venom monsters having this like really 2005 CGI slap into each other. It felt almost like the Incredible Hulk and Abominations fight, but that movie came out in 2008, I believe, or 2010, whereas Venom came out like almost eight years later and the effects looked exactly the same. Uh, I think like Tom Hardy's presence elevates the Venom movies to at least watchable, watchable. Mm -hmm. Because he's having so much, like just compare Tom Hardy and Venom to Dakota Johnson and Madam Web. He throws, he's, he is committed to, I'm going to make an entertaining movie here. I'm going to jump in the fish tank. I'm going to like talk to myself. Yeah. The lobster tank. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to, have those interactions. I'm going to do the voice. Dakota Johnson, like, have you guys watched her press tour for this movie? I've seen it. Yeah. The funniest thing I've ever seen is, and I think the thing that will live on more than this movie is when she's asked for her, her, like the three Spider-Man movies in this. And she's like, Spider-Man, here he comes. Spider-Man, the goblet of Spider-Man. She has no, she like, she doesn't even know. And again, you don't have to hire actors who care about the source material. And I, and I like Dakota Johnson. I I loved her in Suspiria. Uh, I think her career has rebounded well from the 50 shades movies, uh, which made a a billion dollars. So I, I like Dakota Johnson. She looked bored out of her fucking mind in this movie. Yeah. Before I forget, Pete, you mentioned movies about making movies. Yes. And we, you also mentioned uh, Zussi Mamet. If you guys have not seen oh, okay. David Mamet made a, a movie called, called State in Maine. Oh, I bring okay. this movie up all the time. I fucking love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's about making a movie in a small town and all the complications that come from it. And like the idea of the, the movie in that movie is called The Old Mill. And there's no old mill in the movie because of (laughs) weird shit that happens. And they're just forced to like rewrite the old mill to not include an old mill. Oh my God. So if you want to see a great movie about movies, about movies being made with a mammoth involved, see state and Maine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could definitely go for some David mammoth. I love fucking Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, the player is another one that's about movies too, right? Making movies. Uh, there's a couple of little bullet points I wanted. I actually made like individual bullet points about each of the spider women or spider girls that are in this movie. But I honestly, I just don't even feel I put in the effort. The filmmakers didn't put in the fucking effort. We, me and Brian, were going to educate you, Danny, on each of the different spider women, but I don't care. I just want to get the fucking Morbius and get out of this. I want to say though, that I, I, I said already that I don't like critiquing people's acting, but this movie does have like bad acting across the board. There's there's one point where, um, you know, Cassie, uh, Dakota Johnson, goes to see a doctor because she's fucking predicting the future. And she's going to see a doctor to figure out what's going on with her. And the doctor, the way that she explains things to her, horrible acting. She's like, just go watch some TV, do this. And it's just like so fake and you just see right through it. And it's just like scene after scene like that. Like I mentioned, Mike Epps, his scene is really lame. The, the, the wife comes by and they're like, oh man, you're going to ruin the burgers. And like that someone, they say that line like four different times in that one fucking scene, you know? Um, 
everybody's rough. We're talking about metaphors for the movie making process. And we're talking about like the lack of effort made in this movie. There's that one scene where Dakota Johnson goes to climb the walls because she thinks she has spider powers. And then she just kind of like just slumps down into the ground. And then she's like, oh, we're never going to talk about that. That's this fucking movie. That's this movie. It's like trying to be Spider-Man, slumps down, feels embarrassed. And then it's like, oh, we're not going to talk about this anymore. That's this fucking movie. That's, that scene got legit uh, uh, laughs from my theater. All, all yeah. seven, all seven people uh, seem to enjoy that scene. Yes, there were four in mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My theater actually had a bunch of people in it, and there were some kids. It was like a family with like young, young kids. And the one time that there actually was a laugh in the theater was when this boy yelled out after the diner scene, "Oh, she can respawn like in a video game." And I was like, "That's what it is," you know. And and everyone laughed at that, at the kids <laughs> saying that. But yeah. um. I, I just there's one other thing I gotta point out. At one point, when the the girls are in hiding, there's a guy coming after them, almost like the Terminator. And then fucking Dakota Johnson's like, "Oh guys, hold on, wait right here. Here's Ben Parker. He's gonna watch you. I'll be right back." And she goes to the Peruvian jungle, which in, in she even there's a line of dialogue which she says that her mother was hundreds of miles away from any hospitals. So so she just takes a plane, goes to the Peruvian jungle. And finds this place with a couple of pictures in her mom's journal. And I just, I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. What, what, what you guys never, you've Go never ahead. been, you've never been wanted by the police and just gone and taken a plane to the Peruvian jungle? Uh, well, I was kind of slow when I was putting it all together. I actually just drove the cab that I stole from New York to City. The jungle. Yes, 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 pretty much. Yes, yes. And back from the Peruvian jungle, too. Yes, yes. In so a week. Yes. Is there like some is there like some major film market in Peru we don't know about? Like remember if, like a, maybe ten years ago everyone was trying to put like China in their movie somehow so they can sell it to the Chinese market. Like Peru, the, you know this was there. Uh, you know Transformers had a scene had scenes in Peru. There's something else that was kind of big. I, I think they did it too. Um, why Peru? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, there probably is like some kind of tax break, so you get some kind of benefit. Or there's maybe like a new vacation spot or something. I mean, who knows? But uh, I actually did kind of like that she goes and meets that guy and that there is almost like this spider tribe. One of the things of um, backstory I was going to share with y'all is that uh, Arana is one of the spider women in the comics. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of which chick or – wow, that's horrible. Isabella Merced, she, Anya Carzon. Yeah. In her backstory, the reason why she gets spider powers in the comics is because there's, like, two groups fighting against each other, and one of them's called the Society of the Spider. And I was thinking, like, that's kind of like what these people in the jungle are. They're like the Society of the Spider, right? And they give her spider powers. Um, I kind of liked that angle, but it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And when you look at, like, this story as a whole, like, they, they, uh, basically Ezekiel predicts that these girls are going to kill him in 10 years. Peter Parker's born in this movie. So Spider-Man would be 10 years old when these three women are zipping around like Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Girl and Spider-Woman. Yeah. And we don't necessarily know if this takes place in any concurrent universes, if it's the MCU with Tom Holland or even if it's oh. Andrew Garfield's, whatever, who knows. But either yeah. way, it doesn't really make sense. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I mean, it's weird because they really go to force 
that team shot at the very end, right? So much to the point where, like, they defeat Ezekiel, but then a firework just flies off that explosive building and just hits Dakota Johnson right in the face, and then she's blind at the very end. You got to make sure Madam Web is blind by the end of the movie. And, uh, yeah. oi, yeah, that was and, and, and there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, too. The, uh, uh, when you accept responsibility with it comes great power. Oh, oh. yeah. So rough, man. So yeah. I genuinely thought I, I'm not. So I had heard about that line before I saw the movie. And I swear to God, there is a scene where Dakota Johnson opened the fortune cookie. And in my, in my soul, I went, Oh no, because I thought that she was going to read that on a fortune cookie. That that was going to be her fortune. Like, without responsibility, there could be no power. And I was like, oh, okay, no, somebody actually has to say that line later. Yes. Can, yes. I, can I just bring up one thing that really annoys me in movies in general? And, and it annoyed me in this movie. I, I, I don't like the casting of, of... It bothers me when people are cast to be high schoolers. When they are 30? almost 30. But it, it bothers me in an extra way. And it, it's partly because I'm a high school teacher. Because yeah. I, I I have already seen, anyone who has seen Euphoria has seen Sydney Sweeney. So now you are expecting us to look at Sydney Sweeney as this innocent, doesn't really know how pretty she is, is like shocked she gets invited to dance on a table in a diner, which no diner in America would allow. Yes, uh, exactly, exactly. And we're expected to believe that she's like this innocent, smart high school kid when we know she's in her late 20s. And it's just like, so I don't know if I'm now, am I like extra perverted for looking at her and going, ah, oh, Sydney Sweeney, you're so hot because in the movie she's cast as a high schooler lisa frankenstein did the same thing katherine newton from quantum mania she's like 27 years old she's playing a high school senior it's like, yeah. like there are plenty of actresses in there mid like th that are like 14 to 18 years old that you could cast even 20 years old that you could cast and yeah. like i don't know i also don't understand what the necessity of making these three girls high schoolers was what rather like just put them in college and everything is fixed well not everything but for me like that part of the movie is at least fixed like yeah because well i think i think the reason they did that is because madam webb is supposed to be is an old character like like an old woman generally and although i mean dakota johnson is not that much older than the actress is playing the, the high schoolers um, I, I understand why they, they tried to have an adult with younger protégés, sort of, I guess. But you're right, though. Like, they're casting actresses that are in their mid-20s to play high schoolers. I mean, but that's something Hollywood's been doing forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I think that the idea of, like, Sydney uh, Sweeney's character being sort of reserved and then she kind of becomes hot by, like, you know, rolling up her shirt and she kind of becomes more uninhibited. I think that that worked for at least one guy. That guy that was arrested for baiting to this movie in the theater, this Sydney Sweet. Did, did you guys see that? That legitimately oh, happened. Yes. Oh, that, that was an article that I shared. I guess I didn't share it with our group, but there was a guy that was masturbating to Sydney Sweeney in this movie and he got arrested. Oh God. Yes. Was it was it to a Dune popcorn bucket? Oh look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh man. 
Yeah. You know, you were fucking uh, critical of Dune the first time you saw it. I'm guessing that after seeing this, you can at least appreciate parts of Dune, right? Listen, we're not here to talk about Sand Wars, all right? Sand Wars, I, there you go. I, 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 I much more appreciated Dune on second viewing, uh, and partially because I have seen the Dune 2 trailer about 20 times now, and I just keep thinking, God damn, that movie looks good. I think the fact that Dune 2 is going to be fucking great does not take away the fact that Dune 1 is two hours and 40 minutes of just pure setup that doesn't need to exist. Dang. Okay. 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 All right. Well, that, that's a whole discussion for another time. And we might actually bring that on this channel at one point too, depending if Brian sees it or not. Oh, no. But- I, I will. I will. Because I may, I feel like I, I feel responsible for making you watch this movie. I will watch any movie you tell me from now on. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I like that the dynamic is Pete is like, hey, you should watch these critically acclaimed movies. Like, I didn't like Joker, but like Joker won Oscars. And Pete's like, you should watch this Oscar winning movie. And Brian's like, no, Madam Web. Yes, Madam Web and Morbius in the same week. Oh boy, yes. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Morbius, I think it's time for us to go record that shit, right? So if you guys like this video, stick around. In a day, we're going to drop this Morbius review that's coming up. Make sure you like and subscribe. And Danny and Brian and I will be back to talk about this other Sony masterpiece, Madam fucking... Madam fuck, Morbius. Madam Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. It's Morbid time, guys. We love you all. See ya.